0: Haley Joe Osment's career started at a very early age. By chance, he was cast in a Pizza Hut commercial, which led to being cast in the final scenes of Forrest Gump. Soon after, he was on sitcoms and then earned an Oscar nomination for the horror classic, The Sixth Sense. In this interview, Osment talks about his early appreciation of the craft of being an actor, lessons from icons like M. Night Shyamalan, Steven Spielberg, and Robert Zemeckis, the luxury of preparation time on set, his decision to come back to film after school and what it's like working on comedies with Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig. In his latest film, Clara's Ghost, Joel stars as Joe. The official description reads, Set over the course of a single evening in the Reynolds family home in suburban Connecticut, Clara's Ghost tells the story of Clara Reynolds who, fed up with constant ribbing from her self-absorbed showbiz family, finds solace in and guidance from the supernatural force she believes is haunting her. If you enjoy this interview, join thousands of viewers for the new YouTube series, Creative Principles, where we break down and dissect new films, series, and more.
1: My uh, uh, father studied theater in college and initially moved out from uh, Alabama, where both he and my mom were born, uh, to California to run a uh, theater on San Francisco Boulevard in the, in the 1980s. So there was that tradition already in our family, but my particular uh first experience with it was basically an accident i was uh, shopping with my mom at ikea in burbank and they had a uh little casting table uh at the entrance of the store where they're taking polaroids of kids for, for a casting office and somebody picked that photo off a a pile and called me in for that first commercial which was the pizza hut one and then by complete chance the casting director for forrest gump saw that commercial Called me in for that audition, and then uh, things sort of took off from there. So, sort of a, a couple of random events that uh, that sort of got the ball rolling.
0: Feels like a very uh, lucky beginning. When was it that you kind of started? to just you know, you knew a lot of kids is just the main things to know your lines. When did you kind of realize you kind of had something more where you understood the character, motivation, things like that?
1: Sure. It's yeah. When when you're that young, it's it's too early to, to truly appreciate the craft for what it is, but. I was lucky in that I I had my dad as a guide so that even when I was younger, you know, if there wasn't a big sort of theoretical understanding of it, he was working with me on studying the script and memorizing lines and, and, and all that stuff. But I think it was probably when I, I worked on a couple of sitcoms uh, starting when I was like six years old and everything. And that was an exposure to the, um, just the routine of sort of putting out a show and, and, and having Uh, just sort of seeing the mechanics of it and becoming more aware of what the industry was like. And I think that sort of culminated in when The Sixth Sense happened when I was 10 years old. That was the first time I think I could sort of appreciate the, you know, complete uh, uh, process of acting and, you know, having a a lengthy relationship with the director and and other actors and it feeling like a a collaboration and everything. And uh, I learned things on... Uh, that movie and, and the ones that followed that uh, are still valuable to me today.
0: Yeah, you worked with some giants like uh, M. Night Shyamalan and, and Steven Spielberg. Were there any specific tips that kind of still stick with you, or that you passed along to other actors?
1: I don't know if there was specific tips, is because so much so much of that work is uh, is specific to the to the project itself and everything. But with both Knight and Steven, it was the value and and you know with proven to be a luxury in this business of of, uh, a lot of rehearsal time because on both of those movies with Steven, you know we were out the Jude Law and and, uh, Francis O'Connor and I were out at his house in the Hamptons you know just having the time and space to go through the script and to talk about the genesis of the project that he had with Stanley Kubrick and uh, practicing the physicality of of, uh, things and everything and just the just seeing how and then Knight, who was 28 years old, I think, when, when we made the Sixth Sense, his ability to to develop those relationships with actors, bring us into a hotel room and just sort of rehearse, you know, for weeks before we started the movie, uh, that's something that I uh, that's really the way that I make a movies these days. Although you don't always get the the time to do it on certain independent films.
0: I've read some other interviews you did where you said that it was kind of a a fortune that that movie was rated R because a lot of your friends didn't see it, so it wasn't really—you had a pretty normal childhood as far as that goes. I've read that your—but your sister was in, like, the Spy Kids franchise, and if was that different for her to be— did you guys have different perspectives on things growing up as actors?
1: I think so. She Yeah, because she worked on that in Hannah, Montana, which is a very different audience
0: than— the audiences for some
1: of the films that I was best known for. And so I was able to go off to college in New York and, you know, people knew who I was, but um, it was different for my sister because she, when she went to college, it was a lot of the kids who had grown up with Hannah and everything. So I think it was uh, more of a challenge for her to keep her privacy and everything where I was sort of able to be somewhat anonymous in, uh, in New York, where I still live part of the time. Um, But it's you know for the trade off with that is that all those years she spent on those shows uh, is just great uh, experience with comedy and in working on her subsequent shows and everything she's just really funny and you can you can tell she's very experienced in uh, in doing that kind of stuff so I think we both ended up in places that uh, that we're happy with.
0: Was there any uh, you know fear or hesitation to come back or how did you kind of decide that first project after you finished school and everything?
1: It was. Part of it was that I, I wanted to go to college to really figure out uh, if if this is something I wanted to do for the rest of my life and to make sure that was the the right choice. And it ended up being the case. I mean, I studied acting in college, and it was you know it's the craft that really brings me back, and you know trying to find a variety of characters to play is what keeps me interested. But yeah, it's you know there's definitely a. a the production that you have to do when you, you know, move out of Los Angeles for, for a lot of years and uh, are not actively pursuing projects. And it's a gradual process, but I, I'm happy that now it's, uh, you know, now that I'm getting older, there's just an even bigger variety of roles that I can play. And, of course, people are always going to have the association of you when uh, you're a kid, you know, because of uh, – some of those films and everything, but I like it because it allows me to draw a sort of contrast between that stuff. And then all the roles I'll be able to play hopefully for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah, you definitely, I mean, if, if people are looking at your resume, they might think more serious films. Like I've, I've seen you on Silicon Valley, which you've also, you're doing comedy, bang, bang, Tusk, G Master Academy, the Spoils of Babylon, a lot of comedies. How are you kind of choosing your projects these days?
1: That really has just been, I think a result of it being a, uh kind of boom times for comedy i mean it really sort of blew up over the over the past decade and there's, a, there's just a, a lot of great stuff and with streaming and everything and the, and the way that uh people watch stuff has changed so that a lot of the you know most of the shows that you're seeing in pilot season and everything are coming out of comedy and everything so i still love doing dramatic films and uh and enjoy doing you know sort of beat independent stuff and everything but a lot of the times it comes down to being able to work in Los Angeles on you know something like Silicon Valley and some of the more serious scripts that I like are on the road and you know Carolinas and Texas and everything so it's, it's sort of striking a balance between being on the road all the time and working closer to LA
0: how did you kind of did you have any difficulties moving into that genre? Are there some of those where there's more like improv and things like that? How are you kind of you know finding your footing there in this in this new realm
1: it uh it's true that i i didn't uh, uh I didn't do classes at at e c b and all this stuff that a lot of actors and comedies now do have experience with. There's a lot of people who come from podcasting and improv and stand up comedy and stuff like that. Uh, which is not something that I have uh, really a background in. But the great thing is that working with really great improvisers, they really sort of bring you up with them. I mean, I was <clears throat> a little nervous going in on Spoils of Babylon, working with you know Chris and Wig and Will Farrell and everything. But the one of the many wonderful things about them is that. Just being in the scene with them, they, they really just make you a better performer. They just are, you know, the feeling is is so positive and they're just such funny people that you really can just roll with them. I wish we could have made Spoils of Babylon for 10 straight years.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about your um, the new project that we're promoting today. How did you kind of get involved with uh, Clara's Ghost?
1: I have been friends with the Elliott family for uh, at least five years now because Abby and I um, met on a, a film called Sex Ed in 2013. And the writer of that movie, a friend of mine named Bill Kennedy, he and Abby, after meeting on that movie, ended up getting married uh, at the Elliot family home that appears in this movie. I was at that wedding, and I think that was where Brighty saw the complete project and all of her ideas sort of coalesced for the first time. So there's that sort of... Um, Meta background to this project because we went back and shot it at the house, and the story has is sort of an alternate universe version of uh, all of the people in real life, so it was a uh, definitely a unique project
0: for that reason. How do you kind of uh, tell us a little bit about the film? Like, how would you describe the genre?
1: I think, and this, this really, uh, really blew me away when I first saw the final cut is that uh, Brighty directed it in a way that really is sort of a callback. In it's visual style to a lot of the classic independent films of the seventies of Cassavetes and then directors like that. And just the way she uses like zoom lenses and a lot of the colors and everything it has a really classic style. Uh, that's really cool. But in terms of genre, it's, I'd say it's a black comedy because it's, uh, it's definitely very funny and you're dealing with a lot of funny people on it, but there's a sense of dread that pervades it too. And you know, her, the interplay of those two feelings uh, uh, makes it a pretty unique film. So
0: you're actually, uh, the age you're at now is around the same age that M. Night was at when he came out with The Sixth Sense. Are you looking to possibly start writing or get behind the camera in the future?
1: I would love to. That's definitely the, the next step for me. I uh, wrote and directed uh, a, a play in college and have, have been writing for a long time, but I, I definitely feel like it's time to, to get behind the camera and uh, these days with, you know, digital filmmaking, you can, uh, it's easier than ever to get things off the ground. And it's also really inspiring to see, you know, how wonderfully Bridie directed this movie uh, from her own script. And uh, I, I feel like I've been very lucky to have uh, witnessed the way that, uh, the way that to do it right. And uh, hopefully we'll be capitalizing on that.
0: Do you think there's any genre? I know this is like wild guessing. Was there any genre you're particularly attracted to for something like that?
1: Oh, gosh. You know, eventually, someday, I, I like many kids of the 90s, love, uh, and, and 80s, I suppose, love action movies, but I don't think it's easy to start with that because of how expensive it is. But I um, I guess I, I could see it being in a similar genre to this movie. I think that it would be hard for me to make something that doesn't have a uh, at least a measure of humor in it, even though I think the subject matter can end up being somewhat dark.
0: Do you have any advice for possibly young actors or even the parents of young actors that are coming up today? It's probably even harder than it was before with all the social media and everything to to be normal. Do you have any advice that you would give for those kids coming up?
1: It really is, and I, I think it's tough for all kids coming up today to get through those childhood and teenage years with all of the <laughs> intrusions of social media and stuff like that that seem to be stressing everybody out more and more each year. But when it comes to the industry what has always helped me is that i the reason i I go back to it and continue making films is purely because i i love the art and and love the, the the craft of acting and am never anticipating or expecting you know great success or or for something to really blow up and everything, it's really hard to predict what's going to be successful in this industry. But if you just love the craft and, and love what you're doing, it doesn't matter what you're working on. You'll always uh, want to be doing it. I, I, one of the many actors I look up to is uh, Brian Cranston, who has said, I think as much in in his book, that just came out where, uh, you know, he was 40 years old and didn't care. If he was going to become a big star. Uh, he just was loving what he was doing. And then, you know, right around the corner is breaking bad. So that's the way to look at it. I think.
2: Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter where you also get free access to the freelancer course, Master the Freelancer Mindset. This system will teach you exactly how to find clients online, which includes step one, the psychology of the mindset, step two, how to create a killer profile, and step three, how to find quality clients. This online course is valued at $99. It can be yours for free. In addition to the free course, you'll get access to the ebook *How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block*. This contains advice from Aaron Sorkin, Carrie Fukunaga, and William Monahan. You can find all of this and more on CreativePrinciples.live. Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's CreativePrinciples.live.